Matthew chapter 22, this is going to be uh, kind of our starting point tonight. Uh, we're not going to finish here. There really is another, uh, another passage of scripture that I want to read to kind of give us the topic for tonight. Because uh, we're going to be talking about the heart. Everybody say the heart. The heart. Here we go. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says this. And he said to him, Jesus, in response to a lawyer who was questioning Jesus. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your, everybody say heart. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say heart. heart. Heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, oh, thank you for all the people in this room. God, thank you for what you're doing in them. God, I thank you for whatever reason brought them here tonight, because uh, regardless of that reason, God, you, um, you want them to know that they are loved. You want them to know that they are seen. You want them to know that they are valuable. And so, God, I pray God, if anything tonight, God, they would leave knowing that in this room, in this place, with these people, they are loved, seen, and valued. And God, I pray tonight as we, as we read your word, God, as we talk about it, God, I pray that we would be, uh, God, just transformed just a little bit. God, I pray even if it's just one thing that we take away tonight, God, I pray that we would leave and we would do something with it. God, I pray that this would not just be a, a, a hangout spot, but God, I pray that this would be a place where we actually grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus, that it actually becomes real for us. God, I pray that this would be a place for authentic relationships to actually take place. And God, I pray that we'd be forever different because of that. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. May you be on display tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You shall love the Lord your God with all your... Come on, say like you mean it. Say heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I want to talk about that tonight because I don't know about you, but I feel like, and, and really recently, I feel like God's been doing a lot in me on this topic because what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart? What does it mean to love God with all of your heart? What does it mean to love God, period? I feel like, I don't know about you, but as a, as a Christian who's been a Christian for, you know, I could say 25 years, I've only been, I've, you know, I've existed for 25 years, but, you know, really gave my life to Jesus at a, at a young age, really solidified it when I was 12 years old, and, 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 and really solidified it again when I was 18, and, and, and yet, I feel like often I find myself in a spot, no matter how much I come to church, no matter how much I read my Bible, no matter how much I, I act like a Christian should act, I feel like I find myself often in this place with this phrase in my head. I just want to want God. I want to want the things of God. I want to love God, but I don't really feel it. Anybody, anybody feel like they're there, ever been there? I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm there often where I just, the, the thing that keeps coming out of my mouth is I just, like I want like in my head, like it would be really awesome if I just like loved God and I was really good at loving God. Because I, like in the back of my head, I know, I know God is real. I know God exists. I know that God loves me. I know that God has what's best for me. Yet I find myself in this place of just, man, I just, I, I want to love God. I want to want him. I want to want all the things of God. Yet I find myself in a place where if I was really to ask myself honestly, where's my heart at? Like what, you know, and we'll talk about the heart in a second, but like if I'm really being honest with what I actually love, I love other things more than I love God. Anybody feel like they're there? Give me a woot-woot if you think you've been there before. Woot-woot, all right. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, 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 I'll say this. 
there is grace for you. So like you feel like you're there, you're not like a bad, you're not like one of the bad Christians and all the other people are good Christians. If you feel like you're there, the last thing you should, the last thing that I, I hope you walk out of here with is I gotta catch up. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta like do a lot of stuff, like a lot of Christian things, whatever that is, to like really like get my, like earn my, earn my place back as, as a good Christian, as one who really loves God. That is not the heart of God. The heart of God for you tonight, if that's you, and I think, I think if we're honest, I think we're all there in a little bit. Even if you feel like, man, I'm just, I, my relationship with God is just growing, you know, exponentially in the season. It's more than ever. I think there's still parts of us, parts of our lives where we just feel like, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I love God more than this, but I don't love God more than this. And all of that stems from where our heart is at. And I want to talk about that because I think, like, like, when we think about, like, head, hands, heart. Has anybody heard that before? That's really, the, like, the three things that make up, right? Our head is our, our mind and our thoughts. And, and, and our hands is really, like, our actions, like, what we do with our life, the things that we do, the decisions that we make, our actions in life. And then there's our heart. And what I'm, what I'm learning is that my head, right, like, just like I said before, my head wants to want God. My head wants to love God. You know, like I'm thinking, like I, I was writing my journal, like I'm a pastor, I preach messages about Jesus, yet I find myself in this place today. Where I just feel like, man, my heart just really doesn't love God, right? And so my head can be there, and even my hands, my actions, it can be like, I, I can put on a pretty good show of doing the right things to make it look like I love God, right? Anybody, anybody there? Like, it's very easy to act like you're a Christian, uh, if I just post certain things that say certain things, if I just if I just screenshot my like my my quiet time, just me and God, and it's like, well, me, God, and everybody that follows me, uh, you know, like I I can put on a pretty good show of like with my actions that I love God, but if it's all just actions, it means nothing. If it's just if it's just the surface level, then it, then it's not going to take me that far. It'll take me it'll take me a little bit, but it won't take me the long haul. And then we get to our heart. And my heart is what, like, your, your heart is what holds your desires. Your heart is what holds your affections, right? And when I say affections, like, am I, are my affections for God? Are my desires for God? Because my affections, my desires shows what I truly love. And so if you were being honest, if you really looked at your life, like, if I, you know, what does my heart truly love? What does my heart truly long for? And because and, and, I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I, I, I can kind of get there with my head because I can justify like, well, like, like I want to love God. And so it's all about it's all about the thought. Right. It's a thought that counts. Right. Or, or I can justify myself because, I, you know, I, I'm doing the Christian things. I'm doing stuff with my hands. I'm doing actions that are Christian like. And so, you know, I really love God. But then I get to the end of the day. And it's really, it's really my heart that holds my desires and my affections. And what are my desires and affections for? Are they for the things of God? Or are they for, for other things that just, uh, you know, just give me, give me instant convenience, comfort, pleasure, and then they just kind of disappear? Because if this is the case, if my heart is really what holds all of those things, if, that, if that's the case, like, I love, I love things to be easy. I love, I love things to, to, to be enjoyable. I, I love pleasure. I love to be comfortable. I love attention from other people. If, if, if this really is the case, if my heart really shows what I love, I love to be popular. I love to be looked at as somebody who's 
cool or stylish or, you know, I, 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 if that's the case, I, I, love, I love being approved by people. I, I like the constant affirmation that I am like, I am like the like bee's knees, okay? Like if, 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 that, if that's really the case, like if we're being honest, like what is that for you? Like if you're being honest with what your heart actually longs for and desires, is it to, you know, cross a certain amount of followers? Is it to cross a certain amount of likes? Is it, is it to have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend? What is it that your heart longs for? Because if I'm being honest with me, like, like I, 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 I want to be the best. I want to be the best at everything. And I'm being, I'm being real, like, honest for me. Like, I want to be the best youth pastor who's recognized everywhere. I want to, I want to be, I want to have the coolest clothes, even though I can't afford them. You know, like, I, like if, the, if, it, if, if I'm really being honest with where my heart usually lies, it's not for the things of God. And so I've come to this conclusion because if I, if I stop there, man, well, this is depressing. We should all go home. Like, like we should just quit. The, we should just quit this Christian thing. You guys want to quit with me? Like, right? Like, if 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 that's if that's the case, because like honestly, that's like super discouraging. Don't go home and tell you my youth pastor said we should all quit Christianity. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I will say this. I think really being a Christian, I think really loving Jesus, if you don't want to quit sometimes, then, then either, either one, you're doing something wrong, or two, you need to write a book and I need to read it. Because I want to quit a lot. I want to quit a lot. And so the conclusion I've come to, so that I don't stay in that deep pit of just dark, like sadness of like, I suck at this. The only conclusion I've come to is my heart has to change. It's not my, it's not my head. I, 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 can, I can think God all I want. It's, it's, it's not my hands because I, I, I can come to as many church services as I want. I, I can read this every single day. I know people who read this thing every single day, like, like religiously. Like I know people who like, I, I, like I'm friends with them on the Bible app and I know they're reading this thing. But yet I know that their relationship with Jesus is more religious than relationship. And so, so it's definitely not my hand, so it's got to be my heart. My heart has to change. And I think that happens through connection with God. A lot of people are close proximity with God, but they're not actually connected to God. See, I can be around you, Sydney, but maybe we're not actually connected relationally, right? Think about your, fa- think about your family. That's not what I want for us, Sydney. <laughs> Think about your family. You know, it's really easy. Like, yeah, I'm in close proximity. Like, we sleep in the bedroom apart. Like, there's just a, there's like, there's like a foot of pla- plaster and drywall between us, right? Yet, how close are you in connection with your siblings, your parents? Right? So it's not about proximity. It actually has to come through connection with God, encounters with God, which can get really like, mysterious and like, ooh, the Holy Ghost, you know? But you may not be convinced of this, but I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that God is real. And I'm convinced that you can encounter him. And it may not happen on the first try. (laughs) It may take some time. And I think we encounter him, and sometimes we don't know it. Because God isn't just in this building, God is everywhere. And I think God works through people. I think God works through 
you know, providing for your family and you feel like, man, we were just on the last limb and God provided for I, That's God. When God heals people, I believe he can heal. Like, I believe God is real. And so, so for my heart to change, I have to be connected to God. I have to experience connection. And I have to encounter this God who is real. And, and, to, and to be honest, like, my heart needs to be changed, you know, aligned, corrected, whatever you want to use, every single day. It has to be changed every single day. So, so if, it, if it's not my head, if it's not my hands, if it's actually my heart, like I, I need to be changed every single day because my heart tends to drift. Right? Ever been to summer camp and you're like, God is the man. I love this stuff. And then three days later, like, what the heck am I even doing with my life? Is God real? Right? It's, it's funny, but like, man, I've been there. And so it has to be, it has to be, like an actual relationship with Jesus doesn't, doesn't just look like doing the actions every day, but it means experiencing him every day, connecting with him every day, encountering him every day. And even when you don't feel like it happens that day, you try again the next day. And if it doesn't happen that day, you try again the next day. Why? Because you're convinced that God is real and that you can encounter him. It just may not be in your timing. It may not be how you want it to happen. It may not be the way you see fit. But remember, you're not God, God is. You have to experience him. You have to encounter him in order for your heart to be changed. And this is what I want you to hear, right? Because your heart, your heart holds your desires and your affections. And so my heart needs to be changed. To, my heart needs to be stirred up, if, if, if that makes sense. That's, that's how scripture would say it. My heart needs to be stirred up. It needs, it, needs to be like, it needs to be like pushed towards God on a constant basis. It needs, to be like, it, needs to be like, it needs to be surrounded by those things constantly so that I'm constantly changed. And I'm constantly stirred up so that my heart changes. And when my heart changes, my love and my affections change and my desires change. And I actually begin to love God. But my heart doesn't need to be just be transformed. And this is, this is what I want to get to tonight. My heart doesn't need to be just transformed, but it needs to be guarded, right? Because my heart can be transformed, but if it's not guarded, it's, it's susceptible and open to literally anything that wants to steal your love for God. So if you have your Bible, if you have uh, the Bible app, go to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. We're just gonna read one verse It's very important. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Another translation says it like this. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Catch this. Catch this. Focus, focus for just a second, because this is really important. If you miss this, you miss it all. Above all else, above everything, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Every single thing you do, from the text you send to the way you talk to your mom, right? Everything you do flows from your heart. And so, so this, this author is trying to communicate to us that because it all flows from your heart, it's important that you guard it. 
So I want to give you three things tonight to help you learn how to guard your heart. Is that cool? Okay. If you're taking notes, thanks, Chris. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, tell your heart no. Tell your heart no. If you're taking notes, it's my first point, and it's really important. I feel like God really spoke this to me. Tell your heart no. You have to tell your heart no. And so I asked you the question, what are you saying no to in your life? Because again, the author's saying guard your heart. So that's implying that if you don't guard your heart, right, it's essentially you're leaving it open for everything. In essence, you're saying yes to everything if you don't guard your heart. So what are you telling your heart no? <laughs> what things does your heart want that you're saying no to? Because if you're not saying no to anything, you're saying yes to everything. You will say yes to everything. And when you say yes to everything, you, you, you're, just, you're just living your life. You're living your life based on what you love in the moment, what you feel in the moment. And that's, that's not the way that God wants you to live. Why? Because your heart, scripture literally says, your heart is deceiving. Your heart deceives yourself. And so what are you saying no to. And so just to be real practical, like when, you're, when you are trying to decide what to do, if, when you're trying to decide decisions in your life, whether it comes to relationships or, or about school or, or, or whatever, whatever it is, literally anything in your life, when you have the opportunity to say yes to something, whether it be hanging out with a certain group of friends, whether it mean going to a certain party, whether it mean, whether it mean going a little bit further, right? You're in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend and, 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 and somehow you, you know, somehow, you get, you get in a place where, where, you know, you start getting physical and then you keep going further and further and further knowing that really God designed that kind of intimacy for a relationship only found in the covenant of marriage, right? So there's so many different things, but what are you saying no to? Because if you're not saying no to your heart, then you will live your life in the ups and downs of your feelings and your desires. And can I tell you, they lie to you. They say, they overpromise. Oh, it'll feel good. I promise. It'll make your life better. I promise. And then it underdelivers and leaves you feeling empty, lost, and lonely. Fill in the blank. What are you saying no to? If you said yes to everything your heart desired, where would you be right now? Every, every desire that you had in the moment, where would you be if you just said yes? Because not everything, this is the reality, not everything my heart wants is actually what my heart needs. And definitely not, ev not everything in my heart actually pleases God. And let's be, re let's be real right now for a sec. Our generation is way more caught up in pleasing themselves and pleasing people rather than pleasing God. And if we really believe that God is the way, the truth, and the life, and we're supposed to follow him, then why are we so caught up in trying to please ourselves and please others when we're called to please and glorify God with everything that we do? Man, what would happen if, our, if this generation, if your generation said, I'm more concerned about pleasing God than pleasing other people. I'm more concerned on God's opinion of me than other people's opinion of me. And this all starts with guarding our heart. What are we saying no to? Because some of us, if we're, if we're honest, we literally just say yes to whatever our heart wants, whenever it wants it. And we live in a world where it's about pleasing yourself and pleasing other people. And man, I just, I hope, I hope that we become a generation. Because this is the only way that we're really going to see people come to know Jesus. This is really the only way that the church 
not the building, but the people is gonna look different than the world is if we were more convinced, more concerned with pleasing God rather than just pleasing ourselves and other people. Here we go, number two. Monitor your heart in the moment. If you're taking notes, write it down. Monitor your heart in the moment. And I really, what I, want, what I wanna hone in on is in the moment. Monitor your heart in the moment. Asking this question, what does my heart need in this moment? And I want, I, want to, I, want to paint the, I want to paint this picture because I think that may not make sense. It's very Christianese. It's very, it's very uh, cliche, and it may not make sense to some of you. And that's okay because I really want to explain this. Your heart can often be in different places. It can feel sad. It can feel angry. It can feel uh, lonely. It can feel insecure. It can feel empty. And so I want to run through a couple things because this is what I believe is so key. I'm telling you, like, if your generation caught hold of this, you would be different people. Here it is. When you're sad, what is it that you want to do? You don't have to, don't answer. <laughs> but, but, but let's paint the picture for a second. You're really sad because you, you, you're in a relationship and, and you guys broke up and it was, it was really devastating, really hurts. And that's real. Can I, can I tell you, I'm not going to be here to say like, high school relationships are pointless and they don't have any meaning or you don't feel anything because you're still a kid. No, I think, that's, I think it's really difficult and I think it's really hard to walk through those things. But can I tell you, this is what happens with a lot of your generation is, you, you know, say, so just, I'm painting the picture, but this is so many different examples. Say you're in a relationship and then, and then you break up and it's, you are just devastated. Your heart is broken. You are sad. And often, you know, what do you want to do? You just want to listen to like, like I, I know for me, I've been in this place and, and all I want to do is just like listen to like, like, like I call it like sad boy music. <laughs> you guys call it something else? I call it sad boy stuff. No, I don't know. I don't know what you guys call it, but that's what I call it. But I'm saying like, but, well, like what does my heart need in this moment? I just, I just had a breakup. I'm really honestly genuinely sad. I feel, I feel genuine sadness. I'm going to go listen to some sad breakup songs. Is that, what my, is that what my heart needs? Is that what your heart needs in the moment? Yet, that's where we find ourselves. When you're angry, what do you want to do when you're angry? So instead of, just, instead of just saying yes to everything in your life and doing whatever you want when you're angry, monitoring your heart in the moment. Monitoring your heart in the moment. I'm really, I'm really angry right now. Listen, I, I, I know it's really funny, but I really want you to get this. I really want you to get this. I'm really angry right now. So what do I want to do? I want to, I want to gossip about someone who hurt me or someone I compare myself to. I'm, I'm really angry about something, and so I, I just want to make myself feel better, and so I'm just going to totally bash somebody that I actually compare myself to, and I wish I was, if I'm being honest. I wish I, I, wish I, looked, like, I, wish I looked like them. I wish I was them. I wish I had what they had, and, and so I'm really angry, and so I'm just going to gossip about them. Instead of asking, what does my heart need in this moment? Because can I tell you, it is not that. I'm lonely. I feel really lonely. What am I going to do? You know, I'm going to get real flirty and I'm just going to I'm just going to be super flirtatious with this person that I know I don't want to have a relationship with. But I but I just want to I just want to feel something because I feel lonely and so I'm just going to put myself out there just cuz I want to feel something. I'm lonely instead of saying, "What does my heart need in this moment?" Cuz if you're being honest in that moment, oh, man, I need I need a friend. I feel lonely. I need I need God to comfort me. Yet we don't know how to monitor our heart in the moment. 
And so we find ourselves just looking for something to feed that thing in our heart because we feel lonely. Insecure. I know this is a big one because for a while it was painted as just girls are insecure, but man, no, we're all insecure. In some way or another, can I tell you, there are insecurities in our life. And so because I'm insecure, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna post a pic of me that'll get some kind of reaction, make people think I'm blank. Because I'm, I, I'm honestly just super insecure about, about how good I am at, at this sport or, or, or how popular I am. So I'm just going to, or, or, or who I am or what I'm like. And so I'm just going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to post something to make people think I'm blank. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on my story and I'm going to say, like my recent, because I just want to feel something because I'm insecure. I want people to see this. I want people to react to this. I want whatever it is. And that's, a, that's just a social media example. But that, that's, that's everywhere in our life when we're feeling insecure, when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling feeling all of these things, instead of monitoring our heart in the moment saying, what do I need to be more satisfied in Jesus? What do I need to be more connected to Jesus instead of just satisfying the desire that's in your heart in that moment? To be real practical, because it's not just social media. Like, I, I feel really empty. I just feel like I got no meaning. I got no purpose. And so so instead of instead of asking, what does my heart need in this moment? You know, I'm just going to I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go just eat a ton of food. I know that sounds, I know that sounds funny, but how much of a, hear me please, hear me please. I know, I, know, I know it seems funny, but how, how many of us, if we really to look at our hearts, rely on food more than we rely on God? And I know that sounds crazy, but food does, I'm telling you, food does something to comfort us. I'm gonna go eat my weight in ice cream because I feel empty inside. I'm gonna, I love ice cream too, more than, more than all of you combined. <laughs> I feel, I feel empty, so I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to just, I'm going to binge the, I'm gonna binge an entire season of fill in the blank, because honestly, if I'm, if I'm being real, hear me please, hear me. I'm gonna go binge this TV show because if I'm being real, I wanna, instead of, instead of being who God's called me to be, I wanna watch people who are really attractive and are doing things I wish I could do and, and who wish I could be. But maybe you don't know that because you're not monitoring your heart. And I, I, I know these are some funny things, but can I tell you, they're happening in all of us. We find shows that, and I, I wish I could be that person. I wish I could be the person who's with the person who's so, it just looked like they're so satisfied in that relationship. And so I'm just going to binge a whole TV show worth of something that makes me feel like, like that's me. Instead of going to the one who can fill your needs and can satisfy your heart and can change your heart and change your desires so that instead of running to things that will leave you feeling more of what you feel, you'll actually be closer to Jesus. And if you're taking notes, please write this down. Hey boys, look at me. This is, I, lo I love laughing. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world. But this moment, this moment is for something else. Is that cool? Thumbs up. 
If you're taking notes, write this down. Is this blank? Is this whatever? Stirring my love for Jesus or stealing my love for Jesus? Is this show I'm watching stirring my love for Jesus or stealing my love for Jesus? Is this action that I'm doing in response to how I feel, is it stirring my love for Jesus? Is it, is, it, is it increasing my love for Jesus or is it stealing my love for Jesus? And I had to ask myself this question because I'm thinking of like, man, I watched this TV show. Is this stir my love for Jesus? Okay, well, n- no. But does it steal my love for Jesus? Sometimes. And so hear me, please. I'm, te- I'm telling you, this is really practical stuff, but I'm telling you, this is what it means to follow Jesus. Sometimes when I watch, uh, we're, we're re-watching a show called Smallville. It's about Superman, but back when he was a kid, I love it. I love, I love Superman. Woo! Come on, somebody. Smallville! Clark Kent! Flannels! Um, he wears a lot of flannels. But, but hear me, please. Sometimes Smallville is super awesome for my heart and we get to enjoy it together as a couple and it's, it's lovely. <laughs> I'm super excited for the new season of um, Outer Banks because I think, I think, I, I was so, I, I was so like, the one episode really scared me but all the other episodes like, were like super cool and it was awesome. But hear me please, hear me please. Okay, that, that, that hit a thing, OBX. There are moments in your life, hear me please, there are nights in your life, there are certain days in your life, catch this, catch this. There are certain days in your life where that show is going to be totally okay for your heart. Because you're in a good place, you're not relying on something else, and that show is totally okay for your heart. But there will be other days and other times where you are in a place that is not healthy. You're feeling empty, you're feeling lonely. And so instead of going to someone who loves Jesus, who can point you to Jesus, or running to Jesus in an alone time, or whatever it is you need, or calling up a friend, or or doing whatever it needs to get you in a healthy place, you run to something like OBX, and you fill up, and you fill up on something that doesn't satisfy. And can I tell you, you have to monitor your heart in the moment. Because if you don't monitor your heart in the moment, you'll just think, well, it was fine for me then, it's fine for me now. And, 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 and maybe if you're not in a healthy place, you'll be filling yourself up with something that is just going to make you feel empty. And it's not going to stir up your love for Jesus, but it's actually going to steal your love for Jesus. So is this thing, is this relationship, is this fill in the blank, stirring my love for Jesus or stealing my love for Jesus? It's one of the most important questions you could ever ask because the reality is because my heart holds my desires, my affections, and what I love, I have to guard it because what I consume and what I surround myself with, if my heart is not guarded, will take you further from God than you feel like you've ever been before. It'll take you to places you don't want to be that are going to cost you more than you want to pay. And can I tell you, no matter how far you feel from God, can I tell you, he's not far from you. So you've made yourself far from God, but God is just one turn away. And lastly, number three. Open up your heart. Dot, dot, dot. But to the right people. If you're taking notes, what's that called? What's the three dots called? Ellipses. Thank you, Ulysses. Ulysses is going to Pepperdine in the fall, and uh, he's really smart. <laughs> All right. 
ellipses. Make sure you put that in there because it's really important. Because I think a lot of you, hear me please, I think a lot of you are really good, hear me please, hear me young person. I think a lot of you are really, really good at opening up your heart. A lot of you are really good, me included, a lot of us are really good at putting the guards down and opening up our heart. The problem is we're opening it to the wrong person. We're opening it to the wrong thing. So open up your heart. Yes, I think it's a vital, crucial part to guarding your heart. Guarding your heart, you need other people. It's a high risk, high reward. That's what vulnerability is called. It's, what, it's, what you, it's what's required, what's needed for authentic relationships. You can't have authentic relationships unless you open up your heart. But stop opening it up to everyone and anything all the time. But instead, open it up to the right people. Open up your heart, but to the right people. You need relationship. We talk, we talk about this all the time. You need authentic relationships. Opening up your heart, but to the right people. You need, you need somebody else that you have authentic relationships with. And when I say authentic relationships, what that's built of is, is trust. You trust somebody. And I know a lot of you have trust issues and have a hard time trusting people, but can I tell you, ain't running to other things gonna fix that. God is the only one who can fix that, but authentic relationships are built through trust. And when you have trust with somebody, they're able to question you, question your heart. And the reality is you need people who question your heart because your heart is deceiving, your heart lies to you, and sometimes you believe it. And so you need people in your life that can question your heart, question your motives. Say, hey, I saw you do that. I saw you post that. Was that really stirring up your heart for God or was it stealing your love for God? You need those relationships, but that doesn't happen in our world because, well, we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We want to say, go do you, boo-boo, do whatever you want, whenever you want. But when in reality, we need authentic relationships with people who we trust so that you can open up your heart, they can open up their heart in order so that you both better guard your heart. And until you do that, I don't, think, I, I don't think you'll experience all that Jesus has for you. You need other people. Hear me, hear me please. The person in this room is like, I don't open up to people. I don't trust people. I really don't even talk that much because, well, I don't even like you. <laughs> but but some, of you, some of you are like that in this room. Whether you admit it here or not, there are people in this room that say, ah, I, just, I just don't want any of that. I just, I'm good. I, I got me. I know, I know how to do me. I, 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 know, I know what's best for me. I know what to do. Fill in the blank. But can I tell you, you need other people. You need authentic relationships with people that you trust so that they can question your heart and motives. Because if you don't question your heart, because your heart is imperfect, you need people to question your heart. Because if people don't question your heart, then you will find yourselves often because you are not perfect and you can't do it right every time. You will find yourself in a place where you believed the lie of your heart and you're ending up somewhere you didn't want to be, giving more than you wanted to give, 
And God wants you to experience the fullness of who he is in the things that he created for you, but in the right context. And so you've got, you've got to guard your heart. You've got to open up your heart and be vulnerable and show people this is where I'm at. I'm being honest with where I'm at. I'm being honest with what I'm struggling with. I'm being honest with where I believe the lie that my heart tried to tell me. And I need you to point me back to Jesus. I need you to question my heart so that I can be stirred up for Jesus and not have something steal my love for Jesus. I think one of the biggest pandemics in the church and specifically in your generation is the inability to guard your heart. And I don't want that for you. I don't, I don't want that for you. I was talking to a couple of girls before service. And uh, sorry to shut you out. <laughs> and I was explaining something to them about following Jesus. And this is where I'll end. So if those of you are like getting antsy. I was explaining something to them. Painting this picture like, man, if we really all, say, say every single person has genuinely loved Jesus, genuinely, genuinely wanted to follow Jesus and wanted to live uh, like God and for God. Right? Because God created things like relationships and he created uh, marriage and he created sex and he created um, fill in the blank. He created everything, right? But he created each of those things for the right context. And yet the world that we live in, the schools that you go to, the sports teams that you play on, 99% of those people, it's not a recorded statistic, I'm just putting a 95, 99, a lot, a lot of people a lot of people at your schools, most of your schools, most of your sports teams, most of your fill in the blank, some of you, most of your family, if not all of your family, are living the exact opposite way. And so I was like, yikes, how hard is that? How hard is it to be somebody that guards my heart and does things that God created but in the right context, which is opposite of what the world says and opposite of what the world says to do? How hard is that? How hard is it to follow Jesus when literally everybody else is going the opposite way? But I want, what I want you to remind you on the topic of guarding your heart is that God is above everything and God created everything. And so don't you think that the creator of everything knows how those things work the best and knows the places where those things work best and knows how those things work best? And yeah, it's different than what the world says. The world says just do whatever you want, whatever you want, and whatever you, whatever's true to you is truth. And yet, the reality is, and this is this is this is kind of the 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 ingredients needed to guard your heart well. And I was talking to somebody else talking about this. I think a lot of us believe that God is real, but we don't believe what God says. And so you can write all this stuff down about guarding your heart. But the reality is, in the world that you live in, in the schools that you go to, in the sports teams that you play on, when everybody else is going the opposite direction, you can believe God is real all you want. But unless you believe what he says, you will just follow in line with everybody else going the opposite direction of what God says, what the Bible says, 
And the reality is, until you encounter God and you have connection with him and you get to a point where not are you just convinced that God is real and that there's some higher power up in the sky, which he's not up in the sky, fun fact. We'll talk about that some other time. Until you get past that through an encounter with God, connection with God, to to the point where you believe, hear me, please, to the point where you actually believe what he says and then you go and be obedient and do it. Until you get to that point, all of this is meaningless. So my prayer for you, my prayer after every message, no matter the topic, is that you wouldn't just believe that God is real, but you would go the extra step and believe what he says. Because until you believe what he says, you won't do what he says. And until you, until you, until that, until that point, I don't think you can actually walk these things out like guarding your heart, becoming a better, deeper, more authentic disciple of Jesus. And that's my prayer for you, that you would do that. You'd, be, you'd become a disciple of Jesus, a student of Jesus, learning, a student, learning the ways of God learning how to guard your heart, learning how to talk, learning how to live, learning how to act in the context, in the way that the creator of the world created those things for, trusting that he knows best. So let's pray.